it amazes me how people are saying, oh, when I come home to Nebraska, I pick up a case of Dorothy Lynch's dressing. And I'm very proud that she's a relative of mine. Welcome to Local Fairy Tales. I'm your narrator, Nora Vetter. What is a local fairy tale? It's the story of a fair, F-A-R-E, that can only be found in certain regions, states, cities, and so on. Each tale will be told with the help of the voices that know it well. Historians, creators, servers, festival organizers, superfans, etc. Today's featured fair, Dorothy Lynch Homestyle Dressing. You just heard from Mina Sprague, whose mother was first cousins with THE Dorothy Lynch. Now, let's meet the rest of our Dorothy Lynch Homestyle Dressing tale tellers. I'm Marilee Hull, the new CEO of Dorothy Lynch Salad Dressing. Dave Corger from Tasty Topping. I've been a production worker here for 43 years. Monty Lynch, Dorothy Lynch's oldest grandson. Jerry Schrader, Executive Director of the Platte County Museum in Columbus, Nebraska. Minnie Gale Forbes Sprague. My friends call me Mina. My mother, Doris Forbes, and Dorothy Lynch were first cousins. Dorothy's dad, Uncle Ed, and my grandmother were brother and sister. I'm Tiffany Stoiber from Grow, Nebraska, and you're listening. And you're listening to the... Listening to the local... The local fairy tale of... Local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing. Fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. Tale of Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing. I'm Marilee Hall from Tasty Toppings, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. People ask me that all the time, especially now that I'm moving back to Nebraska, and it isn't common in Illinois. So everybody says, what does it taste like? I would simply say it's a, a sweet and somewhat spicy French-type salad dressing. That's how I kind of describe it. It's kind of a French dressing. More or less a sweet, tangy dressing. I describe it probably as a mix between French and maybe a Catalina. It's a tomato-based, slightly sweet, has spice. One of the things that gives it kind of a the unique flavor that it has is it has celery seed in it, among all the other types of spices. And so the combination of sweet and spicy is, I think, what attracts most people. It's more of a French style than, you know, ranch or something like that. Uh, in fact, I just bought a new bottle yesterday. One of our favorite things was, was to make just a regular iceberg lettuce salad with whatever things you like to go in it, maybe some tomatoes, radishes, cucumbers, whatever things you would just like to put in a salad anyway. And then we would put Dorothy Lynch and also blue cheese crumbles on top. And that was kind of a, a thing that our family enjoyed using the Dorothy Lynch with. Most of mine is used as salad dressing on lettuce myself. That's how I do it. Good heavens. We would always hear all kinds of things, you know, people would use it for besides salads. And that was kind of the one thing that I remember was people were always telling us, 
other stuff they used it for, you know, in recipes and things like that. But like I say, I have put, like, make a hamburger or something like that sometimes, and I'll just put that on it because it's got the um, pepper and the salt and the tomato paste and everything in it, so it's just like a ketchup and that. So To be very honest with you, I, I kind of like it on salmon patties. <laughs> Some people just use it for a dip for vegetables and things. The first time that I can remember Dorothy Lynch being a thing was probably in grade school. So in Nebraska... Uh, you know, when you go through and you get carrots or celery or whatever the vegetable is for uh, that day when you're getting lunch, you also then get a choice of whether you want ranch dressing or Dorothy Lynch. And they're in those big bottles. And so uh, when I was in fifth grade, actually, uh, they let us do this thing where fifth graders could help serve lunch and help do the dishes. And that was fun and exciting for some reason. But everybody would always fight over the uh, job of pouring the different salad dressings for you know, your friends or for the littler kids. And so I just remember that being super duper fun and remember Dorothy Lynch being like super popular. And I remember being like, what is this? I've never heard of this before, but just everybody loved it. And so, you know, and, and I thought that that was just a normal thing that Dorothy Lynch was everywhere. One of them that would seem to be really popular was people would say they would put it on pizza or taco salads. I, I, we seem to hear that a lot. And then when you do some barbecuing there, it makes like, for chicken, it makes real good when you get your chicken cooked and then put that on there and that. My favorite actually is grilled chicken. Marinate the chicken. Um, I put a little spice or jalapeno with it and then grill the chicken. It's good. A lot of times people use it for meatloaf. Instead of just putting tomato paste in their meatloaf, they'll put Dorothy Lynch. You know, some people use it in tuna casseroles. The cool thing that, about Dorothy Lynch and something that we really try to showcase here at Grow Nebraska is that it really can just be a key ingredient in a lot of different recipes. So if you go on to buynebraska.com and go on our recipe blog, you will see recipes for like sloppy Dorothy's. So it's like a sloppy Joe, but instead of using like a can of manwich or you know, whipping up some sort of like a barbecue dressing, you use like Dorothy Lynch as like a key ingredient. They got like, which is a good idea, labels on our bottles, the sleeves, on. they got recipes on there and that, and it gives everybody different recipes to use. I tasted a real good macaroni and salad with that Dorothy Lynch in it. What was it called? Dorothy Lynch Sunrise? It's a, it's like a Bloody Mary with Dorothy Lynch. <laughs> A cocktail, yes. <laughs> Which I haven't tried, but I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Just all kinds of stuff. There was almost no end to it. I'm Mina Sprague, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing. Dorothy was the daughter of Ed and Meaty Peterson, and it's spelled E-D-D. Her father, he was actually born in Denmark, and she had one brother, Amos, and Ed, he was county sheriff in the 30s, and I think just one term, and they lived in Cushing, which is a small little community that is northeast of St. Paul. And I believe Uncle Ed probably had the gas station and the bar because then Amos ended up with that. 
by the way, the gas station is no longer there, however the bar is. The Lynches were from St. Paul and Dorothy was from Cushing. Art's two brothers owned a jewelry store on Main Street at one time. And then they both left and Art and Dorothy stayed. My grandpa was the postmaster. And, uh, you know, I just think they knew Dorothy and Art for years and years and years and years. I don't know how they ever met except that in a town the size of St. Paul, particularly back in the 40s or earlier, you pretty much knew everybody. Mom and Dorothy, I think, was about, there were about seven years difference in age, and Mom and Dorothy were very close. And my dad and Art worked together at the uh, ordnance plant in Grand Island, Nebraska during World War II. Well, I just happened to have the cookbook written by her daughter. Sally did publish a cookbook called Recipes from Dorothy Lynch. It tells the whole story. And it was a case of where they took over the Legion Club in St. Paul in 1948. They managed the American Legion Club in St. Paul. My grandmother and grandfather managed it together. And, and it was a popular place. Gosh, it was a great place to go to eat and have steak, seafood, chicken, kind of your basics back then. On Main Street, on the west end of Main Street, on the north side of the road is a big brick building, and that was the American Legion Club. The upstairs is a dance hall, and there's a little bar, and the downstairs is where the supper club was. And back in those days, it was kind of an event to go out to eat, maybe on the weekend, you know, to take your wife out to eat or the family with the kids. Lawrence Welk was always on the TV because it was Saturday night. Yes, Saturday night, and the place would be packed. And Art always made us red drinks. The kids got red drinks. I learned later it was 7-Up with red food coloring, but it made us feel very special that we had red drinks and our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas couldn't have them. They had a huge amount of business from Grand Island, which was about 30-minute drive to the south of them. So, yeah, it was, was a popular place where people knew they could always go and have a really enjoyable meal. And it says that she kept three bottles of salad dressing on the table, and she didn't like the French she was serving, so she decided to create her own. The story had always gone that and this is what was written in newspapers and so on and so forth, clear back in the, in the day that it was gaining popularity. And, and that story was that Dorothy wasn't satisfied with the dressings that they were buying for the, the restaurant. So she came up with this recipe of her own. And Dorothy created the salad dressing. People from Grand Island and from all around would come to St. Paul to eat. They'd taste that salad dressing and they'd say, oh my, can I just have a little to take home with me so I can share it at home? Everyone just kind of got on it to where it was such a craze at the time that once they tried the Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing, everything else kind of paled in comparison with the kind of burst of flavor that it had, I suppose. So just a regular French dressing from the grocery store it just wasn't quite what they were becoming used to and enjoyed so much after a lot of them first sampling it at the club. And then people started swiping the bottles off the table. You know, people would ask if they could buy a, a jar of it to take home or something, and, and sometimes people would simply swipe the bottle off of the table and take it home 
in their purse anyway without even asking about it. So that's when my dad said, hey, you know, I think we can sell this stuff. And so the house that she lived in, about a block and a half from the Legion Club, in her basement, as I remember, they were making the salad dressing. From what I know, her son started bottling it out of their basement? They actually started bottling it in 1954. My dad kind of took off with the idea of bottling it on his own. My grandparents were on a trip to Europe at the time. And so he just kind of took it upon himself and started doing it in the basement of their home. They had a nicely finished basement area, but he decided that's where he was going to set up shop to uh, start bottling the dressing. And he had two sizes at the time. One was a a small eight-ounce bottle, which was a vinegar bottle. It was a common-shaped bottle. It was an eight-ounce bottle, and he also had a 16-ounce bottle. The cases were 24 bottles in a case. And he started bottling it and uh, just taking it around in his car to grocery stores uh, around the state of Nebraska to, to begin with. And my grandparents were quite upset when they came home because the entire house smelled like vinegar. The thing was he had already gotten such good response in selling the dressing that they finally decided, okay, we'll make a business out of it. Dorothy called mom one day and said, Doris, you got to come down and see what I've got going on in my basement. So they decided to go into business and sell it. In fact, he took the back seats out of the car that he had at the time so he could get more cases in there. And he would just take off in different directions. He would hit all the towns in, in grocery stores on different routes, like, you know, heading out west, of course, he would hit Kearney and every place to the Colorado line. He would go north to Valentine, south to Hastings, and and all those little towns. He had no trouble at any place he went selling the dressing, and he would go till he was out and come back home. It was a different time back then, of course. (laughs) You know, lots of the grocery stores from surrounding area, the people that owned the grocery store, also would maybe go out to eat and uh, go to the American Leisure Club or Lynch's Supper Club, and they were real familiar with the the dressing. So when my dad finally said, what the heck, we should start bottling this stuff, when he went out and approached the grocery store owners, he had no problem selling it to them because they are already familiar with it, and they liked it themselves. Everything was word of mouth back then. They were at the... Legion Club until 1965. They did run the Elks Club in Columbus for a couple of years, and then they built the Supper Club in St. Paul. They had employees that worked at their restaurants that would also, you know, come in and help produce and make batches of salad dressing to bottle. And we continued if we were visiting Grandma and Grandpa, we continued Saturday nights at the Supper Club. Lynch's Supper Club was quite well known back in those days. The Supper Club is located on Highway 281, just across 281 on Howard Avenue, and that is now an auto parts store, but that was their Supper Club. When she built it, she had a dance floor and a stage for bands, and most weekends there were dance bands there. I, she 
had a good, good business. And of course, Art and Dorothy, back in those days, heavens, they were doing quite well uh, in the restaurant business. And, and things were so much different back then. It wasn't hard for small business owners to make a good living. They were actually, what people would say these days is, uh, living the dream clear back then. They loved to vacation. They traveled around the world, Europe and, and China and, and different places. My grandfather took me on spectacular fishing trips. And, you know, it was just a different time. There were no credit cards. Everything was cash or check. And they made good money in the restaurant business. Dorothy was a person that was happy. Her voice carried. She greeted people as they came in. She was usually at the desk. She seated people. And I can guarantee you, if you ate at the supper club, your table was visited by Dorothy asking how the food was, how the service was. She treated everyone with respect and as a valued person in her life. And I feel that's one of the main reasons that she was such a success is because she was such a good businesswoman. She was a success at doing that. She ran it very well, and then they did sell it. They finally did sell it to another person, and it became Paul's Supper Club. So uh, I don't know. They, they had it for probably at least uh, 18 or 20 years. And then, you know, every, my grandparents retired, and then, you know, my dad went on to other things. You know, they were friends, and she had salad dressing. The total impact of it didn't hit me till much later. Dorothy had always wanted mom to go down and see the, the making of the salad dressing, and mom said, and I never took the time to do it. I, I guess we're good procrastinators, you know. She always knew that she could do it. She just never did do it. It was something he enjoyed, though, because, you know, it was something that he pretty much started from scratch and was watching it grow exponentially in a short amount of time. So, you know, he, it was just well-received. And my dad was quite a personable, real likable guy. And at that time, he was, you know, uh, in his early and mid-20s, and people just he took a liking to him. And so it, it pretty much was uh, a, a pretty easy thing for him to, to sell. There would have never actually been any Dorothy Lynch salad dressing in the stores ever if it wasn't for my dad taking off with it and promoting it. Neil Lynch basically started the Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. It's just that simple, really. I'm Monty Lynch, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. Yeah, I think it was 1964. Uh, yeah, it started in 1964, so I grew up completely with it around constantly. And uh, the people that bought it were from uh, Columbus. So my mom is originally from Columbus, and that's where my grandfather and his family lived. So I assume they were living in Lincoln at the time, mainly because he was in law school. Um, but I think Columbus, just because that's where my mother's family is from. And they were familiar with it. And it, it was bought with the initial idea was to simply create a a business for one of the family members. 
at the time. It ended up my grandfather, Gilbert Balin, discovered it. He was an entrepreneur. And my dad, Gordon Hull, was just getting out of law school. And he agreed to run the business. He started it with my grandfather and his my grandfather's family. At the time when they sold the salad dressing, they also included about five other recipes for really good salad dressings and barbecue sauce and things that they made at the restaurant. And those recipes also went along with the Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing. So the company that bought them actually acquired about five or six different recipes for other dressings. One was a poppy seed. Back in the day when I was very young, he did make a poppy seed dressing. Uh, one was a Roquefort, like blue cheese type dressing. Another one was for a barbecue sauce. And they paid royalties to the Dorothy Lynch family for, I don't know how many years, but quite some time. At the time when it was sold, I, I don't remember the exact cash up front that they received. When I say they, it was my grandfather, Art, my grandmother, Dorothy, and my dad, Neil, that put the whole deal together with what is now known as Tasty Toppings. I've had some people deliver stuff and they say, oh, I thought Tasty Toppings, that was uh, ice cream toppings or something. And I said, no, it's salad dressing. <laughs> and if you can imagine any company doing this today, they actually gave the Lynch's a 1% of total gross royalty for the use of the Dorothy Lynch name for 50 years. Now that's a penny off of every dollar. Nobody would do that these days. It's, it's an outrageously high amount of uh, a royalty, but that's what it was agreed to. And of course, early on, it was a small amount, but as the years went on and the the dressing was sold more and more throughout the country, that royalty became quite a huge amount. They bought the dressing recipe from her and that, and ever since, that's how they've been going in. They started small and kind of got bigger as we're going here now. So My earliest memories of Dorothy Lynch are going out to the factory to watch my dad mix the spices, uh, make the salad dressing playing in the factory because he was there day and night. So if we had to see our dad, we had to go to the factory to see him. I started in January 1978. I walked up to the plant and Mac happened to be outside. I didn't know the guy too good, but he said, yeah, you can start tonight. <laughs> I don't even think I even filled out an application. When I first started, I was a mixer and then cleanup crew. We were in a little plant in Columbus there. And then I worked there two years and then we moved over here in Duncan so we could be along the railroad track. And plus he owned some land here and made a, a bigger plant that we could produce more and everything. We moved over here in the Duncan in 1979 of November. And then we've been over here ever since. It's been a long time, but I spent my summers working in the factory. Dave worked there when I worked in the factory. He was there. He was really out to help college kids. Like my two daughters worked here during the summer. She liked to encourage them to work out here for money and maybe gave them a little willpower to go to college because, <laughs> you know, a factory job isn't for everybody. So, but, um, 
Mary Lee, she was in high school, and then she was working out here during the summer months, and then she would go back to school then college in the fall. So Mary Lee's got her one of her boys working out here now. And so I'm very familiar with how it's produced, but I'm new to the management role. If you had a boss that you wanted to set an example by, he was one that he got in and worked. He was a worker there because he'd be out here at 3 o'clock in the morning loading trucks, and then he'd get in it and deliver and like I say I'm not trying to brag on the boss but I mean he was a good worker you know now he's in his early or 80s like that but I mean he he set a good example for everybody for working he's still coming in occasionally to do some work (laughs) he can't he can't get out of it completely our main office is in Columbus Nebraska above dusters the business offices have always been in Columbus so the they were located in a building downtown and until 1994. Uh, my dad had a, and currently has, a restaurant downtown. He owned this old building. It was the Gottberg building. It used to be an auto company. It really required a lot of restoration. So he, once it was restored, he opened up a restaurant called Duster's and then got Berg Brew Pub on the bottom and moved Tasty Toppings offices to the top floor. In total, there are only actually 23 employees. But out here, there's about 10 people that do the production work. I come from Columbus, which is 22,000. And then over here in Duncan, it's just a small little town. It's only like about 350 people that live here. And then there's people that drive from... Oh, we got some from Ulysses that come here, and then Genoa, and a couple from Columbus. 20 miles round trip, 10 miles here, and then 10 miles back home. So everybody comes from little towns to work here, so like I say, it didn't that many. There's only 10 of us, but we work four 10-hour days, Monday through Thursday. So I come in at 3 in the morning, and I work till 1 in the afternoon. I just got a system when I first get here, and that I start getting everything ready. I make the spices and everything up in the mornings, and and then I'll get the oil and vinegar and preservatives ready. We kind of run in shifts here, so I kind of get stuff ready. So when the mixers get here, everything's ready for them to use and everything. So when they get here, they start mixing the product up. And then we got another shift that comes in a little bit later, and they start bottling the product in. So we got probably about a two-hour delay shifts for everything in that. We probably do about... Well, it's about 25 batches a day we do, which is about 112 gallons per batch. And it takes, oh, about eight minutes per batch to do. We do about 2,800 gallons a day. There's a light and lean, which came as a result of dietary fad. Back in the day, everybody was worried about fat, you know, so he created a low-fat version of Dorothy Lynn. So that's the light and lean and then the original. Well, the home style is our biggest product. So we can do that like maybe one week and then maybe like the next week we might have the our line clean and then we'll do the light and lean for about one day and then we'll go back to our, our home style again. And Today, I think people are more worried about sugar. So we're hoping to come out with yet another version sugar-free. Like I say, we used to take a spatula and scrape out each soup can <laughs> into a, a container in that, and that's so many of them equal one batch. And 
we had to do it that way. And then the sugar, we kind of hand measured and everything, and then the spices, and then we put a little vinegar into it and our oil. And now it's automated there where it just comes right to the mixers. We just push it, and then it just all goes automatic now and everything. So that way i seen it change a, a big way right there. You know, over the years, the recipe has changed, and it, they have food scientists trying to maintain the taste. And it hasn't wasn't as a result of wanting to change the recipe. It was as a result of tomato soup differences. And, you know, as you get different suppliers, those tastes change. Different chemical reactions in the dressing caused, at one point, they were using beet sugar. It caused, it all of a sudden started exploding. So they had to change to cane sugar. They had to change the recipe. You know, it, it was more of a changing the recipe out of necessity. We, we had glass and now we got plastic ones now. Everything that we use is plastic. Yeah, it was glass and then it did transition to, it's recyclable plastic. Well, we have four sizes. We have our eight ounce is a beginner one. It seems like we have that where like when we get some people that want to try it, they'll say, okay, I'll start with an eight ounce. I'll start small and, and then, you know, they like it and then they go to the bigger size. It 16 ounce quarts for household. It's pints and quarts do the best and gallons or restaurants and schools will buy the gallons. And then we do have gallons set up in the grocery stores, too, in that, because a lot of people, if they have, like, a wedding reception or something, they'll buy a gallon at a time. I like the plastic myself. I think that helps for shipping and everything. Everything, when we load a truck, it can be a lot lighter and everything. And So when we were little, and we would go on family vacations, first of all, we would have to drive in these big vans and loaded with Dorothy Lynch salad dressing, and we would have to stop and personally deliver salad dressing so my sister and I would make furniture, like little chairs that we would sit in and out of the Dorothy Lynch. And then slowly it would, you know, or a bed, we'd play house with the boxes. <laughs> that was always fun. But then also whenever we would go on vacation, there wasn't a time where you didn't have to stop at stores so dad could check the shelf space. Got to check the shelf space. Got to see. <laughs> so we were always it was never a time when we weren't on vacation that Dorothy Lynch wasn't part of our vacation. Oh, and he loved to drive trucks. We still have truck drivers on staff. We got about four truck drivers. Plus, we do some contract distribution. Even here in Montana, where I live, every grocery store I go to, everybody has it. I believe 28 states. Many of those very small distribution, we're hoping to try to get the distribution back up and expand into further states. When they first started, they would use little trailers to go around deliver. So it started kind of slow in that there. Then people couldn't get it. And then like now I'll hear people in different states, they say they can't get it. So they have it mailed to them. Time and time again, Dorothy Lynch is one of our top sellers, uh, whether that's on buynebraska.com or Amazon. And so we get pallets of this stuff in like every month and every two weeks in just all different sizes. We've got, you know, just a tiny like 12 ounce size, which, you know, I don't know who's getting that. They're going to go through it so quick. But um, we we just get tons and tons of this product in every single month. Then we sell through it just constantly. Like it seems like we can't get enough. Oftentimes we will run out of the shipment that we actually get and we have to go to 
an, another local distributor here in Kearney and pick up more from them so that we can actually go and ship it out to make sure that people are getting their Dorothy Lynch. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, if you live in Nebraska, you probably are buying your Dorothy Lynch at the grocery store because that's where it's available. But so when we're selling Dorothy Lynch, we're actually going and shipping it all over the country. And we even have a subscription program where you can subscribe and you do save a small percentage, but you can subscribe and get it shipped to you every week, every month or something like that. It, it's all customizable. And so people can actually just subscribe to Dorothy Lynch to make sure that they never run out. And we do get people who do that. And so it's just really cool to see something so quintessentially Nebraskan be so popular outside of Nebraska. Grow Nebraska is a nonprofit educational 501c3 that exists to basically help small businesses in Nebraska grow and get bigger. So something that we like to say is if you make a purchase on buynebraska.com, 100% of that goes to help a small business owner in Nebraska. So, and that's a chunk because a good amount of your profit is actually going right back to them. Uh, but then we do take a just small percentage of that if they're selling it in the store or if they're selling that online with us. And that's what we're able to funnel into our program. So we do all of tasty toppings shipping for them. We are the place where if you want to buy Dorothy Lynch online, you come to us and you either go to buynebraska.com or you go through Amazon, which is another thing that we help uh, tasty toppings set up. So it's really cool to see that we can benefit somebody as big as Tasty Toppings and a product as big as Dorothy Lynch, as well as helping out somebody who's maybe more in the beginning stages of their business journey. Luckily, you know, like we'll, even when you have a place there, you know, they'll say, well, we, machines take over and we got to lay people off or get rid of people. But no, it's usually around 10, 12, 13 people that we've always had here. And he's pretty good at keeping employees working. So I'm thankful for that. It's a good place to work. I'm Sherry Schrader from the Platte County Historical Society Museum in Columbus, Nebraska, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch homestyle salad dressing. It was just one of those things that was always a part of my life. I know my folks had it in the refrigerator for as long as I can remember and went off on my own, own house and got married and everything else. I have it in my refrigerator. And until I started working at the museum and, you know, I see this tasty topping business display that features Dorothy Lynch. And I realized that it's, that it's made in Duncan and the main office is just a few blocks from the museum and things like that. I, that's probably when it really hit me. One time I was at school, I went to University of Nebraska and I was in the salad line and the girls in front of me were getting their Dorothy Lynch. And one of them said to the other, do you know Dorothy Lynch is made in Nebraska? So they, they had just figured it out, you know. I used to work in the newspaper industry. And I worked in Milwaukee for a while because I went to school in Chicago. And then I moved back home to Nebraska. And when I came back, I remember reading a really cool article that was just like 12 things you didn't know were made in Nebraska. And Dorothy Lynch was one of those. And I like sat back in my chair and I was like, really? Because I do feel like I... Like, I've always known that this existed. And, you know, I've heard other people, even, you know, not people from Nebraska, talk about Dorothy Lynch. And so surely it's not just, you know, a Nebraska thing, but it is. And it's like such a Nebraska thing. And I'm like, wow, like, I did not realize that, you know, something that is made in Nebraska 
it really is something that, you know, is making waves outside of Nebraska. And I just, I, that's really, really cool. It was kind of strange. It was my cousins in Colorado that said, I've told my children they have two very famous relatives. On mom's side, we have Dorothy Lynch. And on dad's side, we have Bruce Bartlett. And then it dawned on me, I have a famous relative that I just considered family. Gosh, as years went on, you know, it was almost like my dad being somewhat of a celebrity status because he had created and marketed and started the Dorothy Lynch salad dressing that, you know, if he mentioned it anywhere around the country, you know, they'd be like, you're got, you gotta be kidding. I, I grew up on Dorothy Lynch salad dressing and, you know, it was just pretty interesting uh, to, you know, hear people themselves saying how much they enjoyed it and, and how their family was hooked on it. One time they were telling me that, that, that athletic director for Nebraska, Bill Moose, well, for a little while yet. <laughs> that's all he asked for when he goes out to eat, they said. So now if that's true or not, I don't know. That Why Why don't they have Dorothy Lynch here? He, even he, but he did it as a joke more. Of course I want Dorothy Lynch, and then they'd say, we don't have it. Well, why not, you know? <laughs> I guess I want all the business we can get, but I'll go in some places, and they say, oh, we don't have Dorothy Lynch. And then I, I don't know, I get kind of frustrated, but I guess... You know, I just wish everybody could have it, but <laughs> that would help our business too, I guess. That's probably what I'm thinking of. That well, That's how we kind of get into places, just a lot of word of mouth. People will want to try our dressing, so the warehouses will give us a chance, and then it goes over pretty good for us. It, it probably wouldn't even have worked these days if, if this was when it would have came out. At this date and time, when my dad took the salad dressing around to these stores, he did happen to have one guy that says, well, we already have eight different types of salad dressing. Why do I need one more? Now, if you can imagine, back then, if they only had eight different kinds of salad dressing, heavens, you go into the grocery stores now and there's you know, several dozen different flavors and brands. So it was just the perfect time back then for it to really take off. Like now, you know, there's you look at the salad dressing roll, and it's just so many different kinds anymore in that there. So I think we're pretty fortunate to keep going this many years the way we're doing. So Duster's does serve Dorothy Lynch. I think what we ought to do with Duster's is get some more recipes, though, with Dorothy Lynch. It only serves Dorothy Lynch. We need some of these fan favorite recipes on the menu. One thing I do have is, a recipe card in my grandma's handwriting that says Dorothy Lynch French Dressing Original Recipe. The original letter and all the documents that went with the sale of the dressing, and I have all the uh, recipes to all those dressings that uh, were uh, sold to them clear back at that time. I have actually made it with that recipe a time or two, and it's it's obviously not exactly like the Dorothy Lynch we know now, but it's it's pretty darn good good dressing. And I don't know if it was the original, original, or remodified or whatever, but uh, it's kind of fun to have it in my grandma's handwriting. And if I get in real trouble, I could try to bake my own if I have the ingredients. I have the 
you know, large batch recipes, and I have small batch recipes. And actually, anybody that would simply Google the recipe for Dorothy Lynch salad dressing, um, there's a, a couple variations, but very slight variations on, on the Internet that are uh, really uh, basically the, the, the right recipe. I mean, if you were to make that recipe that's on the Internet, uh, it would, you would not be able to tell much difference from the ones that are bottled today. Basically, you know, our family still really enjoys it, and heck, it's a lot easier for me to just buy a few bottles at the store from time to time than it is for me to make it. <laughs> That's what the original story was. That this, this is where the recipe came from, was that Dorothy created it to her own taste and liking, for their customers at the restaurants. So that's all anyone knew. That's all we knew. But even back at that time, there was only four people that knew a slightly different part of that story. And that was Dorothy and Art, her husband, and my mom, Janice, and my dad, Neil. Four people knew that there was something a little different to the story. Actually, I should say there's five. And that's one other person that I don't know their name or who they are. Years and years later, I happened to be with my mom, and we were riding in, a, in the car together, and she just simply comes out and says to me, you know, the recipe for the salad dressing wasn't Dorothy's. And I'm a grown adult at this time, and I, and I said, What? And she, said, she shook her head and said, no. And she said, Dorothy had a cousin in Wyoming who corresponded, and as they did back in that day, maybe in, they included recipes, and she had gotten this recipe from a cousin of hers in Wyoming, and that was the dressing that she made, Lo and behold, it was delicious. Everybody liked it. And that was the recipe for the Dorothy Lynch dressing. And I said to my mom, I said, well, what about the person that actually sent her the recipe? Didn't they ever say anything? And she shook her head again and said, nothing was ever mentioned. And that was it. I actually, it wasn't quite it. I had one more comment, and that was, Wow. And that is the local fairy tale of Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing. More information about Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing and the Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing tale tellers can be found at local fairy, F A R E Y, tales, T A L E S dot com. And be sure to follow Local Fairy Tales Podcast on Facebook and Instagram to share your tales about Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing or other local fare. And if you don't know much about your local fare, ask. There are tale tellers everywhere.
bottles full of gratitude to Marilee Hull, Dave Corger, Monty Lynch, Sherry Schrader, Mina Sprague, and Tiffany Stoiber for sharing their time and Dorothy Lynch homestyle dressing knowledge. Concept, production, and editing by me, Nora Vetter. Music by Anisha Thomas. And artwork by Jonathan Reich. More local fairy tales are coming soon, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite place to listen to podcasts.